1: On the Sideline, a podcast for coaches and aspiring coaches, where we share the best practices of coaching, interview with coaches, and experts in the field of coach education. Here's your host, Vin Blaine. Welcome to another episode of On the Sideline. I'm your host, Vin Blaine. Joining me today is Laurie McGinley, who will be discussing how to improve yourself as a coach. Laurie is presented the first team coach at Adrian Ladies FC in the UK and co-founder of The Curve Mindset. Thanks for joining me on the side then, Laurie. It's a pleasure having you on. Good. It's good to be here at these times. At these times. Yeah, I hope you're safe. Yes, hope you are too. Yeah, I'm great, man. Now, listen, I know we're going to talk about a few topics, a couple of topics today. But before I do, I just want you to introduce yourself to my listeners. Um, where you're from, what you're doing, and then we take it from there. Yep.
0: So just a very quick uh, whistle stop tour. Uh, I'm I'm the first team coach at Airdrie Ladies uh, football team. I've played international football through the Scotland Disability Football Team. When I was 10 years old, I had the viral encephalitis, which is meningitis in the brain. Covered from that uh, very well, went to university, completed coaching badges up to my UEFA B and I also completed part one of my UEFA A I've got an advanced children's license uh, from the SFA and basically I'm obsessed with football learning speaking to people and also just you know learn about different ideas on the game through the kind of psychological side the, the physical side the tactical side but also just as I said
1: just to chat to people Okay, great, 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 man. I know you, you uh, we're going to talk about leadership, and we're going to break it down into, into a couple of um, set segments and other areas that you feel are, are um, pertinent to the conversation. So let us look at leadership overall. Give me your idea. What, when you talk about leadership, what are some of the areas that you think that are important in leadership?
0: Well, I heard a great quote uh, from one of my mentors, and it was a uh, leader's lead boss's boss that kind of thing so when it comes to leadership i believe there's many parts of leadership autocratic and kind of bureaucratic but i think bureaucratic is probably the best one because you can learn to speak to different people as a leader you need to take the burden on sometimes in difficult situations but having a team around you is key because therefore when it comes to things such as these times at the moment you know who you can rely on and who can't rely on, but again, there's a lot of pressure, and how you deal with pressure is the the key aspect of leadership in my eyes.
1: What role does like responsibility and accountability play? Is there is it? I think that's a very important part of that too.
0: Yeah. So as um, as a first team coach, uh, my my responsibility is to help every single player. So we've got such a variety of um, ages, working with fifteen year olds up to. Maybe mid thirties. They really would not like me to say that, but, uh, <laughs> but but as I said, that was um, we we're responsible for the training the accountability. So again, training starts at seven o'clock. I arrive at six forty-five, six fifty, and then therefore it gives us t- ten minutes me and the the manager to chat about a few ideas on the the players we've um, we've got at the at training. We also use like an app, so therefore. We know who's available, who's not available. So we plan things a couple of hours beforehand. And sometimes a, a, a two-hour session might be a four or five-hour uh, planning session for me and the coach. But again, we, me and the, the the manager have very similar ideas. But it's good to have someone who's a wee bit older than me so I can actually learn about the responsibility. But also, the I think as a... A young coach you need someone to a mentor to help you and having that responsibility but also having the ability to you know speak to the players and make them responsible for things you know because we we don't say to the players "Drive at seven or seven or five it's six fifty and they're ready to go for seven o'clock mm-hmm. and that's the accountability there's always going to be you know different external factors, but I always, I always say you can control the controllables, but the internal factors, I'm going to be 10 minutes late, okay, so I'm going to train an extra 10 minutes at the end, mm-hmm. or I'm going to do an extra 10 minutes of um, work at home. So therefore, they have that responsibility to learn, but also to be accountable for themselves, because it is a team game, but again, the, in football, the, there is no I in team, but there is a me in team. Mm-hmm. And if you don't try your hardest, and be accountable for yourself, then you're not going to be accountable for your actions on the field. As in, if you if you're running, you know every day or every second day to get yourself fit. Therefore, you're going to be accountable for how much effort you can put up into the game and the support of the
1: your teammates. So, so it's important that coaches learn to lead.
0: Yeah, but again, leadership comes from the top. Right. If you're the co- if you're the coach. And you turn up 10 minutes late, you know, without telling anyone, it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. But you can't preach uh, to the players and say, please be there for 6.50. Mm-hmm. And then turn up 10 minutes late without an excuse. Again, the coaches lead, but then that comes in the standards you put out at the start of the season. You know, like, we've well, got such a good buy-in from the players in the moment, which is great. But again, the standards are very high. And therefore, you have that. If something goes wrong, again, you correct it. But as a, again, every single player is different. So some of them might just want you to speak to them. Some of them might want you to show them something. But again, it all comes from the, the top. The leadership comes from the coach all the way down. And then it doesn't matter if it's a the coach who's made the mistake or the player. It's all about working together as a team.
1: Right. And as, as a young coach yourself, you're cognizant of the fact that these are areas that you have to improve in yourself too.
0: Yes. So every day, you know, you should be... I think it was um, one of the kind of key aspects of learning is always do maybe 20 minutes of something, you know, half an hour of like reading. I like to read uh, football books, but also like to read mindset, uh, psychological uh, books, such as like um, the one from New Zealand, uh, Legacy. That was great. But again, that has aspects of winning, you know. But then I also like to read books that are about um, champions, you know, like your... Uh, Boris Becker, you know the mm-hmm. you've got uh, de Rousey Conor McGregor, they're all champions, mm-hmm. but they all relate to football in some way. Yes, but as but as you said, you need to as the coach, you need to learn. So therefore, every day you learn something new, and it could be a simple. It's not the quantity of the hours; it's the quality. And if you are going to, if you can only concentrate for one hour, do an hour's training, uh, an hour's learning, and then take a 10-15 minute break, and then write something down that. To do list of you know what I'm going to get four things done today, and these are non non compulsory. Um, when I was listening to a podcast, uh, it was James Haskell, the rugby player, and he said he has two non compulsories. Well, I've got uh, two for me. I always go for a walk. Well, at the moment it's difficult, you know, for these kind of in these times. But and also I like to read. That's the one thing. That's the two main things I read, uh, I do to just help with my mental health, but also. Help with my learning.
1: Yeah, and uh, you made a reference to to hockey, and you made a reference to um, I think other sp- other sports. The the principle of leadership trans transcends all sports. It's just a different type of sport you're doing, but leadership goes right across the board when it comes down to sports. And uh, there's a there's an area we really want to talk about, and I think we, we discuss. Something already is the communication is very important. I believe in that. It's one of the main things in leadership. How you communicate with your players, with the ex, with the, uh, auxiliary staff, with your coaches, is very important. And I think that's an area that we should pay more attention to as coaches, especially when we're talking to uh, to youngsters, because your body language says a lot. You know um, the way you approach certain players. I think we have to understand the personality of the player, how we can approach that player. Because not all players you can approach with the same attitude. You know, it has to be something different. You find that communication. We were talking just before, where you were saying that you're trying to get your players to communicate. Non-verbal communication, right, is important. And I see, so it goes, communication falls under on a, on a different headings, right? Or from your experience as a young coach coming up. Was that a part of? Was communication something that you paid attention to?
0: Well, uh, communication comes down to speaking to the players, right? So you need to learn who. So you get a lot of different players who maybe work or at college or university, and the, you get to know what players. Um, Tick, that kind of thing. So we've got players, as I said, there was a, we've got one of our, our, one of our players as a sports coach mm-hmm. and uh, we asked them, you know, I always speak to them five minutes before the session and it's just about, you know, how's things and how, and she said, I'm struggling with this and, you know, I'm, I've been to university and got the kind of T-shirt, as they say, but uh, <laughs> but uh, as I said, I I said to her, every day you learn something new and I said, why don't you try this idea, this idea and this idea and they gave her two or three scenarios and the she came back to me the following week and said these are great, but that didn't work and that didn't work. And I said yeah, but that that comes from your communication. I'm I'm explaining things from my point of view, but you need, I don't know the the class you're working in. I don't know that. It all comes down to that, you know, the external factors. But again, but I gave her some areas to work on, and to be fair, she's working on them, which is great. As a coach, because as a mentor, going back to your question, yep yeah, Communication is such a big part of what we want to do as coaches, but we we can't tell the players to talk. We we don't. When it comes uh, on a, a Tuesday or Thursday, or when you train, you encourage them to talk. But like we show them different ideas on non-verbal, as you said, like move, like putting where where you want the ball. And I want the ball on the back foot. I want the ball on the front foot. And then you can basically encourage these players to. Different triggers, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. this is where I want the ball, this is I'm thinking, and that all comes down to practice, but also comes down to confidence. And if you're not a confident player or a person, it might take you a wee bit more time, but again, if you're not at the level, then how do you get to that level? Do you give up or do you keep on going? And my eyes is if you can improve a person by one percent each time or half a percent, you've done your job as a coach, but also as a person. Mm -hmm. So, again. It's hard when you're 29, you know, into working with people who are older than you sometimes. Yes. But but the best thing about it is you have to heard a great quote from um, Keith Mayer uh, and uh, the the guy who wrote Goldust with uh, his son, mm-hmm. and it was all about caring, you know, care for the person and look after the individual. And if you care for that person and you work hard, you get you build that trust. Mm-hmm. And if you build the trust, then the communication becomes clearer. But then that becomes your leadership comes through as a player, but also as the coach, and you can uh, blossom from that
1: relationship. All right. The, the, have you ever coached boys? Men? You yes. coach men? okay, yep. And yeah. you're coaching uh, women? Yeah. Uh, and I'm a stickler for communication, where we, where we talk about what's the difference between communication. There's a difference between communicating women and communicating men. You, you, you agree to that? You agree with that? That there's a difference the way you communicate
0: Uh, Well, it could be, but again, you. I want either way. You want as a coach, you want to win. Mm -hmm. So the again, the men's game and the women's game. The women's game is getting better and better and better every time. And um, communication. You could again. It depends on what players you're working with, because you can. uh, Some of the players I've worked with are under 19s uh, in men's level, and they've. uh, I I came in one day and I thought this is. these boys don't know how to speak. Yeah, you know I mean? They, they speak, mm-hmm. no, they don't speak. Now it's, maybe I don't use, I, I don't swear, I don't see the point of swearing, but I can raise my voice when I need to. Mm-hmm. But again, communication becomes from, well, your energy. You know what I mean? You can use, the, you have to use your energy and I always think that you're working eight o'clock in the morning to say six o'clock at night, your session's at seven, you still have, this, have the same energy till ten o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night mm-hmm. because the players are that think that could be only um, training they get during the day, you know what I mean? Or at night time. So, I'd answer your question, men's football and women's football are different, but you have to communicate in a way which is going to suit them. And if it doesn't, if you need to learn very quickly that if it's a, if there's an issue, mm-hmm. you know, you need to deal with players in different ways. And again, it could be a simple, let's get it sorted or, come on, what's wrong? And it, it could be as I said, it's very difficult to summarize both because, again, it's two different teams. But again, communication all comes down to one thing, and that's how you want to play as a team, but also how you want to pursue
1: the your coaching. All right, uh, let's go. To, let's get to the core of what we were to discuss. Uh, but I think leadership is part of that anyhow, so we didn't stray from it too much. How to improve yourself as a coach. Yep. So how you think coaches can improve themselves? This is this is a very a nice, a good, I think a good, a very good conversation to have.
0: Yep. So there's so many ways you can improve yourself. Mm. Uh, I always think the the first thing you should be doing is writing a, a, a to do list or something I want to achieve. So um, every year I put together a mind map of what I want to achieve, and I break it down to. Uh, every three months so this might take three months this might take six months nine months twelve months but the, there's doing and there's just sitting you know and there's sitting could be learning something new but the, as I said a coach and I said these times are more difficult at the moment uh, to go on the grass as you can but you can learn maybe learn a new language you know like I'm learning Spanish in the moment uh, I'm on number 90, I think a 90-day streak of learning. And it's like, I can speak a little bit, but as a coach, like, from, like, I listened to Michael Beal and he talks about uh, being bilingual. Uh, you know, like, can you speak two languages? Can you speak three languages? And therefore, if you can speak a couple more languages, you, you'll be able to understand more coaching, but also you can interact and network with more people. Um, I think reading is a big part of... Um, the, the kind of improvements, you know, like a variety of different reading uh, books, uh, podcasts, you know, the there's so many podcasts out there at the moment, you know, like, as I said, there's so many people who want to give up their time now just to kind of just an extra half an hour. But that's, um, again, the social aspect of speaking to different coaches, picking people's brains. But the one thing you, as I, I've learned is you can ask questions, but don't, you have to listen. To the question, to listen to the answer, because if you keep on butting in and asking, you're not going to learn anything. You're just going to learn how good your voice is, mm-hmm. as I like to talk a lot too. But I, mm-hmm. I, I listen, no, yeah. And it, it's the the one thing you have as a coach is we always want to learn, but sometimes we just have to take a step back and thought. Do you know what? What what am I good at? What do I need to improve on? And what where can I get this information from? However, you don't want to spend. You know, hours and hours and hours on something that could be totally not. If you want to be an analyst, you know, you might want to do a bit of coaching. You know what I mean? Or analysing work. But again, the football, the modern day coach has to is learning two or three big traits. So therefore, they learn how to, you know, coach the psychological side of the game, the tactical side, maybe doing a bit of analysis work. But again, there's no point in sitting about. And watching, you know, telly all day. It's just sometimes you have to go. I'm going to spend half an hour today learning something new. And if it's half an hour, it's better than zero, you know. minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but again, if you want to improve, there's all. There's so much more information out there, than that there have been. But again, you have to contextualise it to say, do you know what? I'm going to. I want to be a first team coach, but I'm not going to be. How do I get there? Mm-hmm. And you have to write it all out. And then ask the right questions. And if you're not, it might take you a year, it might take you three years, it might take you a month. You know, if you're lucky to be in that situation. But again, it all becomes down to what you want to do, but how much you're going to push yourself to get there. However, rest is key too, because you can't do twenty-four hours mm. in the day. Yes, 10, 12, fourteen hours is usually <laughs> I don't know how much I do. But yeah, again.
1: But as I said, it's always an improvement. So, so from your as, as, I, I'm going to keep saying young coach okay? you, you you keep saying too so <laughs> I'm yeah, going yeah. to grab your little thing no but what as a coach as a young coach coming up what role do you think mentorship played in your development?
0: Yeah major I've been told um, the there's so many setbacks you can uh, have as a coach and I pick up the phone to maybe two people a day just for 10 minutes you know but that 10 minutes could be the difference between me working for the next hour, or just me sitting, doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I've got, I've had, I've been to so many conferences, and I think, at the kind of the first couple, I was very nervous, but now, I speak to, see, I was at the Leicester City, one in February, mm-hmm. and, um, the I spoke to the German, under 21 coach, for 10, 15 minutes at the end, but that was just, I'm not afraid to go and ask a question, but mentorship, is such a key aspect, of, the the learning part of your development as a coach mm-hmm. um, I think through through the you know the I was told sometimes you need to talk less and do more so I, I kind of went okay and then I was told maybe you're focusing on 10 things so let's try and focus on 2 things and therefore make that 2 things really your objective and then once you've got the 2 things done try and get another 3rd thing 4th thing 5th thing but there's no point in you trying to do 10 things you know like for example, what I do today, what I've done today is very simple just to watch a couple of webinars on development but then I'm going to be reading on another part of kind of working with, dealing with champions and all that and it kind of all links but again, I'm not going to spread myself too thin you know, to learn but again, from the, as I said, the times we're in, at the moment, we just have to make do what we've got but ha- reach out to someone. I always say reach out to someone. If they don't get back to you, Reach out again, maybe in a couple of mm-hmm. weeks later. Mm-hmm. And there's no, but again, there's nobody's going to say no to you. They might right. just say, I don't have time at the moment, yeah. but maybe I can give you 10 minutes of my time. 10 minutes of someone's time could be the difference between you pushing yourself on or you know, kind of stagnating. I can have that kind of fixed mindset, but have a growth mindset and go speak to different mentors. And it doesn't have to be in the football world or the soccer world, it could be in the leadership world, it could be something in The tennis world, the basketball world, because as I said, there's so many trans, uh, what
1: they call it? transferable skills from yeah. every single sport, yeah, sport that we yeah. talked about earlier. Yeah. You, you, uh, all right. That's a mentorship because I'm looking at how, how coaches, I'm emphasising and I'm concentrating on how coaches can improve themselves. I know when you're doing badges, when you're doing your, your license. There's a, there's peer to peer assessment. Are you adverse to -to peer-to-peer assessment? Some coaches don't like their own telling them what they're doing wrong or are trying to assess them. How important do you think that is? Because take it outside of the coaching uh, courses now and you are are there with your peers. Are you open to asking questions to get their feedback?
0: Well, that comes down to how much of an ego the coach has. You know, like the. Mm -hmm. But again... I believe if you, you know there's I heard the, the expression Sir Alex Vergan said, No session's ever perfect. if you mm-hmm. get it good, then you'll be happy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But like it all comes down to preparation. How much do you prepare for the session? And if you think you're gonna get something wrong, then you're gonna get criticized. But it's not the criticized of that's rubbish, it's why don't we try something new or try something that's gonna help, you know? Like like as I said, I've been on many courses and said maybe try this idea, try this idea. But there's no. See, as a, a coach, you know, it's the worst thing you could tell someone is that's terrible. And there was no constructive feedback. Uh, when I was um, my last job, I was uh, I worked as a development officer, and um, I worked with I mentored a lot of the, the young coaches. And there was a session that I just kind of remember, and it was a it was a passing session, but it was about maybe twelve kids in a circle, and it was one ball, mm. and I'm like, it was passing then it was the next one and the next one and I just said to the, I just kind of watched it for a few minutes just to see if it was you know what was it. and it was there was no intensity there was no energy and I said to the, the coach you know he said well, what, what are you trying what are you trying to do here he said, oh, I'm just doing a bit of pass I said Well why are you trying and just a second ball you know what I mean or a third football so therefore there's not any pass there's not any standing about and, you know just because I didn't want to say to the, the players oh let's go and scrap the thing you can adapt it to make it a bit more and to be fair, it was three footballs in, but it still didn't look great. So I said, mm-hmm. I've got an idea. Why don't you split the groups into three? Uh, you know, a, a, And therefore, you got a four, four, and a four, but two footballs, and it's everything's movement, movement, movement. But again, and then she said, to, uh, the, the coach said to me afterwards, I said, thanks very much for that. That helped a lot. And I said, no, that's not a problem. That's what we're here for, to help mentor you. But as you said, that peer-to-peer, I, I'm not embarrassed to make a mistake. You know, if you make a mistake, then you know you've done something. I heard the expression failure is part of the success Mm. uh, train, which is. So I believe that having that idea of peer-to-peer learning is great. But again, you could go to a session and you might think this is amazing, but it might not be the right um, Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, context. You know what I mean? Like You watched an under-17s training, but then you're working under 12s. There's not going to be the same, you know. Like right. I see a lot of people go online and go to like a Jose Mourinho or Pep Guardiola session, and they've got there's uh, 16 players, but they've only got 10 to work with. There's under under 11s, and it's like. But then, could you? I say, I always say, instead of copying the session, why don't you adapt it mm-hmm. to make it your own, mm-hmm. and therefore you can have some of the the concepts of it. You're never going to uh, copy it, but if you have the same idea of do you know what I want to pass and move Well, how about you challenge yourself to how does he get from that level to that level to that level Mm -hmm. to make it easier and therefore you could potentially do that session maybe in a year's time or two years time with the the broken down part of it yes. but again it's all about you know but then some coaches will just say no and then uh, again all comes down to preparation But how comfortable you are as a coach to receive criticism but it's not because It's constructive criticism, how to deal with different scenarios and how to deal with different people telling you what to do. Well, but again, I
1: always... Trust. When, I, when, I, when I happen to be lecturing and I talk to coaches, I always tell them to come with an open mind. Because if you don't and believe that you're... You are, we are always learning, right? We're always learning. And I think learning, the fact that you're learning or you have an interest to learn is to improve yourself as a coach. And there are things that you have to decide which is good for you, which is not so good for you at this time. Yep. Now, we were talking more, I want to, this is a good leading to what I want to get to because we, we move from a more theoretical side of uh, development and we talked about sessions, which, I, which is what I want to get to because I want to come on the practical side because that is coaching really, you know, you have to get on a pitch and do what you have to do. How could a coach improve themselves? Uh, on, the, on the pitch what are the, some of the things that they should pay attention to so what are some of the things that you think are important for them to uh, concentrate on or step back and look at to improve their, their, themselves as a coach on the field
0: well again it comes down to what group you're working with what age you're working with with your ability so let's say you're under 14's group right but I always believe you should have a second coach with you so if you're the lead coach and you're, I hate that word, lead coach, uh, say a a, a, a first coach and a second coach, but the second coach has the same level as the first coach, it's always good to work with that person. But again, you don't want them to be your, I don't want to say, friend. They want you to be your, your, you can be friends, but not that kind of, you want to learn from each other. But this all comes down to how much, as I said, you want to learn so let's say you've got an under 14 session and you've got you've planned for 16 but only 13 turn up how do you deal with that well you speak to your colleague or the person beside you and say how we're going to do with this and it's all about problem solving you know how do you deal with the problem how do you deal with this how do you deliver the solution and look back and then ask one of the more experienced coaches like an academy manager "Can can you help us out for 10 minutes can you show us something new because, as I said, you need to learn every day. But what if you're kind of new, younger coaches and they, or older coaches, a kind of person who's not been around? You ask the questions. If you ask questions, nine out of ten times you're going to get the answer correct. But you might just say, do you know what, can you, can you take the session for ten minutes to show us what you want? But again, that all comes down to the pre-season. What does the academy want? What, is the, what, do, you, what do you want to ex- uh, succeed out of this? What players are going to be working with, and therefore you will know within the first six weeks
1: mm-hmm.
0: what levels the players are at, mm-hmm. but also what level you're at. Mm-hmm. And if you need, you, you need. To, I heard the the expression Dan Abrahams uses is stretch the players. You know, stretch them and really challenge them. But again, how much stretch can you make them? And if you challenge them and they fail, and they fail again, it's your job as the coach to say, you know what, what are we going to do to improve that player? to make it just slightly easier but they can still fail but they're going to improve mm-hmm. and, you know, because there's no point in challenging them something that's 10 out of 10 hard, uh, really difficult when it could be a 2 out of 10 a 3 out of 10 mm-hmm. so therefore they, their confidence will build and therefore they can try something new and if they don't get it right the first time they might get it right the 10th time or the 20th time but as a coach you need to learn how to deal with different difficult scenarios and different players because again some players want to dribble some players want to pass some players want to are good at 1v1s some players are good at defending 1v1s attacking 1v1s but again i think it's the universality of the player you need to learn how to every player should be able to play in maybe two or three positions except the goalie who usually play up front in the last 20 seconds
1: of the game if yes. <laughs> they're losing <Yes>. so <laughs> yeah there's a there's an area that i think that is important and i want to get your take on it and it's the area of a, a personal development plan for coaches. I gather maybe the younger coaches who have not gone through any certification, which there are a lot of them who are important to, to coaching fraternity, although they have not gotten a, 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 certif- a, a certificate or a license. But they are the village coaches that maybe can't afford to do these uh, courses, but they are the ones who grab these kids out of the villages and. And, and on a Saturday morning and for free, and they work with them. Yeah, they might not be doing the, the, the proper thing from our perspective, as far as the methodology of coaching. But when you get to a formal stage, I think personal development plan is very important. Give me your take on that, when it, a personal development plan.
0: Uh, so again, you need to set yourself targets and mm, goals. Right. Uh, so the first thing is, like, I set myself a target in January, Uh, to become a first team coach and it uh, it happened that was because I was out of work you know but the first thing I said was I'm going to try and achieve this this and this and it was just three things but then it was three things like uh, a 1.1 1.2 1.3 1.4 what can I do but I've achieved maybe one maybe two of these three things but uh, again once you achieve something there's no point in sitting back and relaxing let's try and achieve four five and six but again, there's no point in going to 21, 22, 23 when you've not done the middle part. But as I said, you need to learn as a personal development plan. You have to write things down. I always think you should just write, even if it's a sentence or a couple of sentences every night. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had a great uh, one of my well, as I say, mentors. There's a guy I follow, and he says write things down. Move more colourful language, but, uh, mm-hmm. but he says <laughs> write things down, and you'll you things happen. You know what I mean? And then thoughts become things. And it's um if see if you just sit there and twiddle your thumbs and like, oh I've achieved everything. Well, you've not achieved everything, you've achieved something, which is great, but you might not have achieved what you want. But again, there's no point in see if you fail something, you know, and it might it might be an hour, a year before you can pass it. Well, you can set yourself a goal and say, Well, in two years' time I want to have passed this or I want to get this But it might take a year, might take three years, but again, the only person you're challenging is yourself at the moment. Personally, I always think you should just maybe go keep something small, like a short-term, medium-term, and long-term. But the long-term goal might be five years, it might be a year, it be, you be know, two years. Again, all comes down to how much you want to put into it. But again, you have to have the right people around you because I always think if you have negative people around you, there's no point in doing things. But positive people around you is excellent but there's again there's positive people and there's people who are just a yes people and sometimes you just want to say no i want the people who are going to challenge me as a coach as a person and i might say no i don't agree with you okay why and therefore you can have that debate with someone there's no point in getting angry about things you just have to debate with people and say do you know what sometimes i'm i'm right but sometimes i could be wrong on one part or two parts but you could be right and wrong on one or two parts. Let's work together to see if we can work on things to improve ourselves mm-hmm. as a person first, then as a coach.
1: But that comes to an era I want to talk about, that, what you just talked about a while ago. After you have your personal development plan, and this applies to your sessions and also your personal development plan, reflection, self-reflection is where you're being honest with yourself to say, okay, this is what I had in my development plan did not work out. And I think for young coaches who are developing as coaches, these things are important. Back to your, your sessions. How important is it that when you're doing your sessions, that after there's a reflection that you can say, ask yourself questions about? What, how, what, how important is that in your training?
0: Oh, well, it's very important. But again, that all comes down to um, I go, see, if, see if I lose a game i have in a bad mood for like four or five hours. You know, <laughs> I <was in> class.
1: <laughs> all of us. Oh, yeah, no, I go,
0: Just go, go somewhere else. But, yes. uh, but again, it all comes down to you know your preparation. So if you prepare well and something goes wrong, you know you've done you've done the right things. However, see sometimes, uh, as I said, external factors. See if you like, uh, I'll be honest. Some things, mass- the sessions I put together are decent on paper, and then they don't work on the field. But then instead of complain about it or moan about it i'll just say do you know what let's try something that might not be the right way but it's going to work in this session and therefore you work it you as i said you can you have to be adaptable and learn through your mistakes but then you do the same session again maybe two weeks later but you'd let you know that what mistakes have you've made you've wrote it you've wrote it down you spoke to the coach again or you're the manager and therefore you you know you keep calm because the worst thing you can do as a coach is see if you something goes wrong, and it's like it's not been explained very well, or you're struggling. The f- worst thing you do is just blow up and you know blame things. See if you just take a deep breath, relax, tell the players to get a drink, speak to your coaching staff for thirty seconds, and get back into it. And let's try something that might not be the right way, but it's not the wrong way either. It's just a way of adapting to the players' uh, needs. Reflection is such a big part in football, but also in life. You know, if you, if you struggle with something and you uh, need to reflect on it, you might just have to spend a couple of hours thinking, Do you know what, I might not, I'm not good, as good as I think I am at this part, but I'm good at this part. So, how am I going to get the weakness part better, my strengths mm-hmm. better?
1: Right. Uh, well, my personal information that I'd give to coaches, young coaches, is to develop a personal development plan and then I'd give it a timeline and then do your reflection and see how best you can improve based on, and then have have a mentor involved in that process that you can have a discussion because self-improvement is just not yourself. It it has other people involved, as we were talking about. Even simple things that you say about reading books and watching videos and of other people who have been there, done that, albeit, might not be football, might not be soccer, but it has to do with personal development. Now, part of, your, part of our problem as coaches is how to deal with difficult situations. I think to me that by itself is a skill. <laughs> it takes a lot of restraint, takes a lot of patience. Your experience, I go to you as a young coach, how do you deal with, with, with difficult situations?
0: Well, I think this all comes down to how you are as a person. You know, like I'm a very a camp person you know i don't see the point in losing the plot over something so small i read a, a book uh, called uh, the chimp paradox it's very interesting you know how the you've got a, basically the chimp controls your brain and all that so i always i just you know i, I, I told my wife to read it because we we're having this conversation about a few ideas mm-hmm. but the the first thing you need to learn is uh, there's going to be every single training session or game is going to be a problem. There's never nothing goes perfect, you know. Like the, you plan say for four, uh, fourteen players and only eleven turn up. How do you deal with it? You know, how do you, do you need to bring? See the coach. Do you, do you need to bring the the second coach in to make the numbers up to twelve, or do you drop a player out or something? But this all comes down to how you are as a person, how your mind works, but also having that growth mindset of, do you know what, things happen, mistakes happen, how do we deal with it? And again, sometimes you have to lose the plot to get a reaction sometimes, but very rarely you just have to go, okay, what have we done well, what have we not done well, how can we improve, and what can we improve on? The difficulty is that there's so many coaches and so many players out there that see if something goes wrong, it's... Oh, we're going to blame something. No, you just have to take a deep breath and go. Do you know what? People make st- people make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. Players make mistakes. It's how you bounce back as a coach. You know, like I've worked with um, youth players under thirteens, elevens, tens, and I, I think we uh, we uh, we encouraged the players when I was a development officer to play from the back. And it was, um, I believe, it was like see every single time she got it right, she got it right, she got it right. Then she got, right, then she got tackled. And then the opposition scored. Mm-hmm. But instead of the, the next time, you know, um, I don't want the ball. She took the ball again. And do you know what? She put she, The one mistake out of 10 causes the goal. But I said to her, Thank well done. you done brilliant today. And she said, why? I said, because you were, see when you made a mistake, the first thing you did was you wanted
1: the ball again. That shows great resilience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also great grit. Let me, let me go back to something you said before you move on because I think it's important and it falls right inside of leadership. Dealing with difficult uh, decisions has to do with leadership. And you refer to a situation of uh, having 12 instead of 14 players turning up or 11 instead of 12. And that's part of the development of a coach. They have to be flexible. And I think you talk about flexibility there. And how you deal with with personal and difficult situation. I have, I have a personal uh, sit, not situation example of what happened to you. Way back when I was, I was managing the Jamaican reggae boys on the Renee Sumois, and we went to play a game, a practice game, and the equipment manager brought gears without numbers. And this, that was important because you're going to have television, you're going to have people ask questions, and we're supposed to know who it is. And I was really, I, as a manager, I was really ticked off at the, at the, at the um, equipment guy. And I went to the coach, I went to Simoes, and I said, listen, you know, no, no numbers, no, you know. And I, I was complaining vehemently to him. And he just turned to me, and this is where the calmness of a, of a coach comes in, or, or a leader comes in. he just turned to me and said, Vin, you know, just take care of it. Find some way to take care of it. And that, that's a so profound statement to me at that time, that I went back and I just, I found some way to get out of the whole thing. And it's important that we can do it, you know, because when I went to him, I went to him with this arrogance in such a way that I was really uh, you know, mad with the, with, the, with the equipment manager. But when I went back and I spoke to him and he, he spoke so calmly to me about the situation, you know, and I went away and I found a way to deal with that at the time. So it happens. And I think this is what young coaches will have to learn. If you're trying to impress people as a young coach, oftentimes it works against you. If you step back and look at the situation that you were saying earlier in the leadership part of it, then I think situations will, go, will be better. And the way you, you, you spoke to um, the young lady, that's a perfect example because she probably felt you were going to come and blame her.
0: Yeah, and that's just that. That's the way football is or you know, life. You know, like you talked about calmness and the worst thing you can do is uh, see if you're I I, I think because I've played at an international level and see the I always remember just the the coaches that I've see that way if someone goes absolutely mental you know as a player you've done something wrong there's no point in someone absolutely shooting nobody's going to win as a coach Mm -hmm. or a player but as you said the calmness is do you know what Think, I always think there's always options. There's always things you can work on. And if you, see if it's two options. It's either going to be something or something else. And if you go in with an attitude of, you know, anger, the other coach is not going to respect you. The players are not going to respect you because you are always got a, an anger or a, a negative attitude. Attitude. But the players, and it's, it comes from every single age group, they'll, under, they'll understand your body language. If you're going to be, you know, there's, there's people who are positive and very vibrant and you know if something goes wrong the the voice obviously is going to increase a little bit but they know you're not trying to be negative you just say Do you know what let's get this sorted or let's get it you know moving again but if you go in very like a, with an attitude and it's going to be like oh we're done something wrong or something the players are not going to buy into your mm-hmm. philosophy, and then they're gonna they're not going to play for you as a coach but also as a team and therefore you have to have that kind of calm, relaxed attitude. Well, not relaxed, but just controlled attitude But you know sometimes you have to lose the plot to get a point, but it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. It's 30 seconds of let's get it this is this is not right, this is not right, and then you change your demeanour to say, This is how we're going to fix it, this is da-da-da, and therefore it's done. But sometimes you said some you can have a twenty like a fifteen minute conversation and within five seconds the players are just gonna switch off. But if you just go that's not good enough, that's not good enough, that's not good enough, but this is how we're going to improve, instead of going, that's not good enough, and then slate them. You know, there's no point, you know, as a coach. And, you know, as a player, you're going to say, you know, I can't bother with this anymore. And it comes from every single level.
1: Yeah, difficult situations, difficult situations come in different areas of the, of the game. Yep. One area I want to ask you specifically before we close is... You have, this, you have a situation. Young, a player scores in the last game, he scores a winning goal for you. But well, in the next game, he's not the type of player you want in that game for your tactical arrangement of the game, approach to the game. He's not a part of it. <laughs> but, so you're going to be telling him, you're not starting today. How would you deal with that as a young coach?
0: But again, all depends on how much of a rapport you work with that player. If that player has a mindset of, Sometimes you go. I believe it was like um, you know Pep Guardiola uh, had uh, the Barcelona team, and then he brought Zlatan, in, and that was a Plan B, and that didn't really work, you know. But they had to sacrifice a couple of the, the bigger players, and I always remember just like there was uh, such an uproar of like the players are not happy because the superstar he is a superstar of a player, but as the coach, you have to make the the decision which is, suits the player uh, the the team. And see the as a if you're on the bench or something, the first thing you should be doing is working hundred percent because if that game goes wrong, you know you could be on the the on the field in ten minutes or fifteen minutes or half an hour. So again, that all comes down to trust. You work with the player and you probably tell them quite early on, you know, like in the the training. But you challenge the player to make it awkward for the other team because therefore you have to. You know, build that report. That player's going to be maybe a wee bit annoyed or, you know, angry for a certain amount of time. But again, you have to think. Well, I think as a coach, you live and breathe by your decisions. And if you make a mistake, you're the ones on the your heads on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. However, if you think, do you know what? I'm actually this is the the right player, but it's the wrong kind of formation or yada yada yada. You have to think. How can I? There's not such as eleven players, there's eighteen players, there's twenty-five players, there's thirty players, there's you know, there's members of stuff, it's forty people on that team. And every single player makes a difference, you know, and it's how you as a coach deal with that. And I believe the only way you can deal with these situations is calm, but also being truthful, you know. But you have to just maybe hold back just a little bit and say, I might you're, you're maybe you're the right person, but you're not. This is not the right team for you for this kind of game. But instead of moaning about it, let's see if we can. You know, I want you to press these guys. I want you to work the, the other uh, other team, so therefore you can mimic the our team, and therefore the players that are in the starting eleven will know. Okay, this is the kind of idea of the, how the our team is going to play, but this is how we're going to play. And again all it comes down to how much of a team uh, culture you have and how much you have that mentality of winning but also having the ability to adapt and be flexible as a coach but also as a player.
1: So, you, so it's important on a leadership uh, basis and also how to deal with difficult situations that you have a rapport with your team. When you're communicating, they, they trust that what you do is, is not being biased towards the better player Right, because that is important, I think, in party leadership style. All right, final question to you. I'm gonna we'll put you on the spot now. Give me one situation that you had a, a difficult decision to make, and it really was difficult.
0: I, I probably, I probably had a decision where I had to, I had to choose a. a we played a formation which suited a player, but the issue as a coach was one of the players told us that they were slightly injured. You know, they were struggling on the Tuesday. They said they were OK fit on the Thursday, but the, they weren't moving well. So we dropped the player uh, as a team because the I always believe two or three members of staff you talk about it. But the decision was we dropped the player and we put another player in. And we got a bit of backlash from that, from the player. But I explained, you have to see it from a coach's point of view. And we won the game. But we talk to him on a Tuesday and explain things. I don't see uh, um, phone calls or texts. I don't agree. I think you should uh, wait 24 hours before you, you text a coach or you call a coach because the, the worst thing you can do is emotional. You know, you can be... But again, the one thing you have to learn is sometimes, as a coach, see if you're, um, if you're your player's struggling and you've got eight, uh, 16, 17 players and there's one player who's a good player but they might be um, struggling a little bit with the, the fitness and all that. You need to look after the team first and therefore that overall kind of thing because see, we, let's say we start the player and they get injured five minutes into the game, you've used a sub already. However, she came on with 20 minutes to go and did well, you know what I mean? But she yeah. said you only had 25 minutes on her legs. Right. But again, that comes down to how much you need to, how much rapport you have with the players. But again, difficult situations are, you, deal, you have to deal with it in the chin sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it, it comes down to how much leadership you have as a coach, but also as a, as a coaching team.
1: Yeah. Okay. In wrapping up now, I always like to reflect on the conversation. What leave the listening coaches and young coaches with, we're going to go to leadership. A couple areas, a few areas that they must pay attention to as a young coach um, learning their trade, coming up in the, in the, in the industry? Uh, uh, what is it that they should pay attention to as far as leadership goes?
0: Work on yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing you need to work on. Speak to different people in the leadership world, but also don't be afraid to make a mistake. And if you make a mistake, try again, try again, try again. Because as you said, mentors is a big thing, but also having that leadership inside you but having that growth mindset to try something new. And again, successful people will fail, fail and fail until they get something right.
1: Beautiful. And uh, I leave something with some of the coaches that when you're faced with difficult situation, take a step back and reflect on it before you react. That's what I would leave with them. Very good talking to you. You know, uh, we had a good, uh, I think the conversation is a good conversation for young coaches coming up, coming from a young coach yourself, you might have a lot of experience now, but I'm sure you went through the, the, the teething pains of, you know, the, the <laughs> learning your training. So still going through yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> getting criticized for certain things that you do. It's all in the coaching game. Whether you're a marina, whether you're a guardiola, you still get um, kickbacks from a lot of things that you do. So I want to thank you for your time and your, your presentation your, you know, on, on uh, how to improve yourself as a coach and some of the difficult times and how you deal with those difficult situations. Really an engaging take on developing as a coach. Hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Join me again next time when my special guest will be James Baird, discussing his journey from a goalkeeper to a technical director. Thanks for listening. If you found value in the show, please share with your friends. We'd love to hear your views. So if you haven't already done so, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Make sure to visit our website at onthesideline.net where you can access coaching sessions and more.
0: Plus.